Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus, the leading podcast focused on transformation and change in the higher education space. On today's episode, we speak with Anand Agarwal, who is founder and CEO of edX. Anand and podcast host Amrita Walia discuss the need for higher ed to keep pace with today's technology and the importance of providing flexible and affordable pathways for learners to reskill and upskill. Anand, welcome to the uh, Illumination podcast. It's great to be chatting with you. Great to be here, Amrit. Thanks for having me. You know, we've uh, we've we've worked together on a number of pieces since you and the team launched edX, so, say 2012, 2013. Um, Late 2011, 2012. My goodness. So it's, you know, it's kind of fascinating that we're, you know, in some ways still having very much the same conversations as we see more and more people begin to come to terms with or recognize the changing nature of the labor market and how educational needs are adapting and evolving to keep pace. So I am curious though, you know, when we think about the the shape of the post-secondary landscape today, why are we seeing so much demand for programming that's designed to help people upskill and reskill? A number of studies show that half the planet needs to be upskilled uh, because of the future of work. A World Economic Forum uh, study, for example, showed that half our workforce needs to be upskilled by 2025. And that's, you know, barely uh, uh, two years away. Yeah. And and the reason this is happening is that the technology is moving really, really fast. And frankly, the pace of evolution of technology has is, is exponential. It's growing faster as time goes on. You know, uh, we were hit by digital transformation and the internet in the 90s and then uh, cloud computing and mobile computing and then social networking and video distribution at scale and then uh, hit by uh, AI, of course. Uh, and so there has been a relentless uh, relentless burst of technologies on the scene. And, uh, you know, that has caused the future of work to completely, uh, you know, completely change. And, oh, my goodness, I forgot data science, which came out around 2008, 2009, when Every job became analytic. Instead of marketing, you went to marketing analytics. And so uh, this fast-moving technology has really changed the future of work, and uh, which is why our education needs to keep, keep pace as well. But unfortunately, our whole education system and universities, you know, uh, we still follow you know, old centuries-old traditionals, and uh, things move rather slowly. And so it's been very difficult for people to find opportunities to upskill and reskill. Uh, for the future of work. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I think we are seeing a, a, a foundational shift in what the supply side of the education marketplace looks like. Um, we're seeing more and more boot camps. We're seeing more and more non-degree offerings. How How is the industry itself starting to keep pace with it? And, and when it comes to the mix of post-secondary institutions and boot camps, you know, do you see this as being a broad positive for the education industry? I think what we've done is platforms like edX have really helped fill the gap between kind of the future of work and the needs of a fast-moving marketplace and kind of the traditional education university, if there is such a thing as traditional educational college. Uh, we partner with some of the world's top institutions whether it's top universities like MIT and Harvard and uh, Columbia and uh, Cambridge and others, or top companies like uh, Google and IBM and Amazon that offer great courses and programs that people can use to upskill in cutting edge modern technologies. 
uh, platforms like edX, for example, a, a burgeoning where uh, it's not just courses and certifications. It's uh, boot camps. It's um, upskilling courses for executives and exec ed and entire degrees. Um, you know, AI has taken the world by storm. And uh, uh, our partner, UT Austin and edX moved really quickly to uh, offer a master's degree for $10,000 in AI and machine learning. And so I think these platform partnerships have enabled us to move really, really fast uh, and create these online exams, online certifications and courses that have enabled the whole planet to upskill at, uh, at an incredibly fast pace. Absolutely. You know, I think one one major obstacle that we've, we've seen when it comes to accessing non-traditional education programming is, is cost. Um, you know, we know financial aid is rarely accessible for programming that isn't more traditional, more degree oriented. And historically, tuition assistance and tuition reimbursement has been largely the same, very much suited towards or directed towards uh, more traditional degree based programming. What role are employers now playing in, in starting to drive the shift in demand towards shorter form upskilling and reskilling? I mean, are you seeing employers indicating a willingness to, to provide tuition support for employees that want non-degree upskilling options? Certainly, there's a huge, huge demand for shorter form, uh, what we call micro-credentials, that enables someone to upskill in a field uh, in very short order, in a few months if necessary. And uh, this force is definitely coming from people who are already working and employers. And frankly, the whole online modality is being, um, the whole online modality has come into force because, you know, if you're 35 and working with a couple of kids, what are the odds that you're going to be able to go back to college and get a degree uh, in person? You don't have the time, you don't have the money, and uh, you don't have the flexibility to travel somewhere else. And so it's not just money, it's uh, time, it's flexibility, and the money. And so the shorter form programs are enabling us to create very highly affordable options. Uh, you know, uh, professional certificate programs can run from a few hundred dollars to boot camps that are around $10,000. Mm -hmm. And so these enable um, upskilling very quickly because they address all the three issues, time, flexibility, and, uh, and cost. So it's all three that have to be impacted, you know. And frankly, uh, many of the many of the fields and upskilling areas don't really require you to go and get a whole new degree. Uh, you can upskill very quickly. So, for example, if you're a coder, if already a coder and have a degree in software or computer science, uh, do you really need to go get another master's degree in computer science? No, you don't. Uh, you can just do a a short boot camp in AI, or you can get a professional certificate in uh, AI to upskill and reskill so that you can begin applying AI techniques uh, in your work. So really it's uh, time, flexibility, and money that are really important for upskilling. Similarly, you know, how do you see stackable mentality, stackable approaches starting to play into the world of, of short form learning? I mean, there's, you know, we're talking about, in some cases, technical skill development that might have a half-life of six to 12 months. So how are we starting to see approaches to maintaining more lifelong relationships with learners evolving in the short course of bootcamp space? You know, a lot of people are worried about, hey, you know, um, if you're focusing more and more on short form credentials, 
uh, heck, what happens to degrees? You know, are, and people have uh, jumped to the opposite bucket and said, oh my God, you know, uh, degrees are gone. What's going to happen to the university? And really, it's not an or. It's not about micro-credentials or degrees. You know, I like to talk about it as and thinking. Mm. You can have micro-credentials and degrees. And the key innovation there has been modularity and stackability, where we can create micro-credentials that stack into full degrees. So, for example, as uh, as one instance, um, we have a data science degree uh, with a partner, uh, Southern Methodist University. We also have a boot camp in data science with them. And uh, the boot camp is a micro-credential, and someone can get a boot camp, they do a boot camp, get the micro-credential, and uh, that it may be enough upskilling for them to, to get a job or get a promotion. But many of those people would want to continue their studies and get a full degree, uh, and so they can apply credits from the boot camp towards the online degree and stack up the credits towards the full degree. And so degrees are still highly valued in the marketplace, whether it's an undergraduate degree or graduate degree. And so the stackability enables and thinking where as a student, you don't have to make a hard choice about, look, do I spend all of this time, uh, lack of flexibility and money to get a campus degree, or can I get a online micro-credential which I can later stack into a degree? And so, you know, while online degrees certainly have the flexibility uh, and many of our scalable online degrees uh, can lower cost as well. So, for example, the UT Austin online degree in AI is $10,000. And so the scale, some of these degrees are built for scale. And with scale, uh, you get efficiencies and you can reduce cost uh, much more easily than in a campus degree where you have a set of fixed costs and it's very hard to scale. So... It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's an and thinking where these modular credentials like boot camps or micro-masters or micro-bachelors can stack up like Lego blocks and lead people to a full degree should they change their mind and say, hey, look, I want to get a full degree in the future. Yeah, that's It's interesting because uh, we're seeing a level of flexibility in the post-secondary space that I don't think we've ever really seen before, a comfort with different kinds of credentials, a comfort with different approaches to prior learning and, and assessing and, and accepting of, of prior learning. What influence do you think the role, the growth of coding boot camps, the growth of uh, MOOC platforms has had on the willingness for tra more traditional higher ed institutions to take maybe a different approach to supporting lear uh, learner success? You know, when we started... Uh edX and uh, uh, and uh, were involved in the creation of the whole MOOC movement uh, a dozen years ago. You know, before that, um, many universities did have uh, you know professional studies programs where they would have degrees and they might also have the occasional graduate certificate, which was about half a degree. But really, I think it was a MOOC movement that really popularized micro credentials from. Uh, top institutions uh, where now it doesn't matter where you live, uh, you could be a uh, kid in Cochin in uh, Kerala uh, or uh, a kid in uh, Chandigarh in Punjab and uh, you could get a micro masters uh, in about six months uh, in data science from MIT for about a thousand dollars with no admissions. So it's, it's, uh, it's easy, it's flexible, it's uh, economic, and it's, uh, it takes much less time. So really the MOOC movement created a set of innovations that enabled 
quality online learning from top institutions, which were credentialed and backed by the credentials of the university at very low cost. So it was a sequence of innovations that I think exploded with the movement that have led up to this. Absolutely. And just for listeners, if you haven't been to India and you want to see both sides of the country, Chandigarh and Cochin are absolutely two places you should consider visiting. <laughs> absolutely you know, gorgeous for two totally different like, reasons. Uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like two different countries. The food, the people, the language, the the, the flora and fauna, it's all completely different. <laughs> I, it blew me away the first time we went to the south of India and, you know, being able to do a boat uh, one of the the boat cruises, and you're like, that's not something we could do in Punjab. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it in Punjab. <laughs> back, back on topic. Back on topic. So uh, <laughs> we're talking about a post secondary landscape that's incredibly diverse. There are infinite is the wrong word, but there are multiple options for any learner to be able to take different kinds of programming with different kinds of of uh, credential requirements, different kinds of time requirements, four different credentials uh, that will have very different price points associated with them, different modalities. How do learners navigate and choose between so many options when they're seeking out, especially non-degree upskilling opportunities? There is is a bit of the curse of choice uh, choice here, which is actually a good thing. And uh, there are a couple of ways to think about it. The first is that because of the modularity and stackability, you don't have to agonize too hard. You know, do I complete this master's degree in AI from UT Austin online? Or do, do I go and take this uh, short course on prompt engineering or intro to chat GPT on edX? You don't have to struggle about these things. And the reason is that a lot of the short certificates are exactly that. Very inexpensive. You can learn for free. Uh, or in, intro to prompt engineering, for example, which is probably one of the hottest topics everybody should learn about, uh, from the front-end worker to uh, the middle manager to uh, CEOs. Everybody should learn about prompt engineering, which is a way of using AI and uh, tools like ChatGPT and BARD effectively in their day-to-day life. That course is like a few. You can do this in a couple of hours. Go to edX couple of hours, it solves all the three uh, challenges of time, uh, money, and flexibility. Uh, it's online, so it's flexible. It's free, so it's uh, inexpensive. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you don't take a lot of time uh, to do that. So uh, you can definitely do it. Or you can do uh, a micro-credential, like professional certificates in many of these programs, or micro-masters, uh, like a micro-masters in data science from MIT. And these can stack up to full degrees as well. And so um, I would simply say, get started. Don't think too hard, get started. So that would be one answer. And and there's flexibility in what you do. So don't agonize too much about, gee, how do I make the perfect choice? It's not too hard. Just just dive in and do it. And many of these choices are equivalent. The second thing is that platforms like edX are creating more and more tools to help the learners make a good choice. And so, you know, as an example, uh, we launched edX Expert. So we're using the very AI that's causing the upskilling challenge. We're using the, that very AI as a tool to help learners deal with this choice. Hmm. So uh, you go to the edX platform. Uh, we've launched edX Expert, which is a suite of tools using AI. And uh, uh, you come to the edX.org website, you'll see Expert Explorer. 
uh, it's a chatbot, AI-powered chatbot, uh, powered by ChatGPT, where you can go in and uh, uh, you can ask it exactly what's bothering you. you. You know, you can say, hey, look, I need to upskill. Uh, this is what I do. Uh, w- what advice do you have for someone like me? You, you know, you can speak to it like almost like a human and uh, get advice on um, on that. Uh, prompt engineer can say, hey, look, do you have anything on prompt engineering? And it will recommend courses to you. So this is the kind of thing that you can do online. And and these are some of the tools we're providing to help learners with choice. Absolutely. That's, I mean, it's so fascinating to think about, you know, when we, as the role of post-secondary institutions evolves to become more of a guide to learning, this becomes one of those very critical roles is saying, well, what is the outcome you're trying to achieve? What are the things that you need? And then what's the right option to help you meet that? I'm curious, I mean, along the same lines, when you think about the work of more traditional post-secondary institutions, what are some of the things that colleges and universities can do to remain relevant and competitive as the market continues to evolve around them? I think, you know, edX has partnered with, uh, you know, 250 institutions um, from all over the world. Um, you know, we partnered with IIM Bangalore, uh, the top business school in India. We partnered with Delft University in uh, the Netherlands and institutions all over the world. And so these institutions are thinking about innovating. They are thinking about creating short-form credentials that stack up into full degrees. So hundreds of schools and even companies themselves that we partner with, for example, are creating these short-form credentials that enable people to upskill and uh, and learn. And so my, my advice to universities would be to embrace some of these changes, to look at online learning, um, not as something alien to a university, but simply think of it as a modality of education. Even for your students on campus, they still care about the flexibility. And... Uh, you know, they still get about time. And so many of them want to learn uh, short form stuff so that when they graduate, they become job ready on day one rather than having to go to an upskilling academy after they get a degree. So I definitely encourage universities to create these short form credentials. And we also make it easy for them to do so. We've launched uh, edX Online Campus, which is a catalog of courses where if a university does not have their own short form credentials, uh, they can subscribe to a catalog of short-form credentials and courses and uh, make it available uh, to their uh, uh, students so that even as they're getting a degree, uh, they could be upskilling with uh, certain topic areas from companies or universities, whether their own university or other universities. Absolutely. Well, Anand, I mean, that pretty much does it on our end. Um, now, the way we like to end every interview is by pivoting rapidly from higher education to food so i'll ask you what what if someone's in boston where where do you think they need to go for dinner boston's a big place. and uh, there's a lot of great places to eat in uh, in boston um my favorite place is actually in framingham which is about uh, uh 15 miles uh, um, maybe 20 miles uh, west of boston in a town called framingham uh, it's called uh, sichuan gourmet and uh, uh, the food is, the Chinese food is uh, Sichuan. It's incredibly spicy. If you like spicy stuff, oh my God, the dry dry chili chicken is incredible. And so uh, uh, that is my favorite place, uh, uh, you know, to go to. 
absolutely love Szechuan food. I think that's the first Szechuan restaurant we've had recommended on the podcast so far. <laughs> Adam, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Amrit. Uh, always fantastic to chat with you. This podcast is made possible by a partnership between Modern Campus and The Evolution. The Modern Campus Engagement Platform powers solutions for non-traditional student management, web content management, catalog and curriculum management, student engagement and development, conversational text messaging, career pathways, and campus maps and virtual tours. The result? Innovative institutions can create learner-to-earner life cycle that engages modern learners for life, while providing modern administrators with the tools needed to streamline workflows and drive high efficiency. To learn more and to find out how to modernize your campus, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.